Hello, this is the Learning, Teaching and Assessment in Higher Education podcast from Sheffield Hallam University in the UK. My name's Andrew Middleton. In this episode, I talk with Anne Nortcliffe about some work we've been doing together around audio feedback and the specific approach she has formulated in providing formative, timely and engaging feedback by recording lab conversations with her software engineering students. This interview was conducted during a Skype telephone conversation. How do you plan to apply the audio feedback? We, we give a lot of feedback on the day when they submit the assessment to us in the laboratory and we feed back then and mark it in front of them. But also, I do a lot of um, profile assessments where I have a lot of formative assessment deadlines but all feed to a summative scenario that would provide the opportunity again, which I do in the laboratory, where I give that feedback on the formative, that they can record that and take it through and listen back to it for the summative. Okay, so just to be clear about what it is you've done, in your lab situation, uh, you have a recorder in hand and you are giving formative feedback on an assignment uh, directly to a student, involving them in a conversation and recording that. Now, rather than that conversation going in one ear and out the other, you and the student are then able to revisit that conversation using the recording. That's the idea. Yes, it, because one of the issues we find with students is, is that um, I'm giving this formative feedback in the laboratory. I, I tend to use a rub- assessment rubrics, which I'll ring off where they are potentially for a grade. Um, so they get an indicator, though it's not summative, though they want that indicator. But there's no written comments. And so the habit of walking out in the laboratory and forgotten what I've said. So this way they can revisit and take on board those comments. Well, it allows them to feed forward the feedback they've got from the formative into the summative. Let's move on to the, uh, the reasons that you're actually using audio feedback academically and personally. Um, academically, why I use um, this method of audio feedback is because, because I use a rubrics and the conversation formative assessment is in the laboratory. It's software engineering, it's visual. So they're demonstrating things to me, or um, documentation and design. We're having a discussion, a conversation about the work that I can't replicate anyway in a written, effectively and written uh, textually on their assessment feedback, because we're capturing both the conversation with them as well. And um, so the audio recording provides the opportunity to capture some of the issues they bring up in the formative feedback and solutions they and ideas they have as well. You were just talking about the visual dimension that was hard to represent using text. However, what we're talking about is capturing this feedback conversation using audio. So can you explain how the audio helps you to connect to the visual discussion, the visual nature of the discussion that you have? Because we're talking about the objects in front of us or the textual diagrams, the student is having a conversation as well and um, we will mention what's in front of us and we'll be discussing it. So if they go back to listen to the audio, they can have in front of them exactly what was before and almost there'll be audio clues to where we were in that, um, looking at that structure. 
but it's more to the point that the reason why I prefer to give feedback back in the laboratory is, is that it's more real to the student if they've got something more visual and um, diagonal in front of me that I'm giving the feedback on than if I wrote comments on their sheet, if you follow what I mean, because software engineering is dynamic, it has a knock-on effect in other areas, and it can be very complicated to say this module will affect you know, two, three pages down to actually write that on the script that's going through when they submit it as a textual piece, if you follow what I mean. Yeah. I was wondering whether you were going to mention uh, something that you've mentioned to me before, which is um, from your experience of recording notes in, in lectures, you have noticed that when a, a random noise occurs, such as a door closing in a lecture scenario, students who listen back to the recording subsequently seem to be able to connect their train of thought um, from the lecture back into into the experience of re-listening to it. So random noises almost were helping people to connect to whatever they were thinking about at the time of the, the, the live event itself. I, I believe that's true as well in the audio feedback. I mean, that was happening in the lecture. One of the things is, is when you're giving formative feedback to the students is that you're having a discussion with the students and there may be problem areas that you're identifying and that they need to be solving. And they may well be, they often are, taking on board your comments and solving it there and then inside their head. Yeah. And then they walk out the door and forgot it. Whereas if they go back and listen to the audio again, because of that conversation, they're rehearing it in their brain, it will hopefully trigger that memory and so they can go back and um, attack, do what they have the idea of. Yeah, um, just uh, the audio just dropped out very briefly there, and you were just saying trigger that memory, I think. But I think we can move on. Okay, so um, let's look at some of the technical issues. What what problems uh, did you encounter? Name range ensuring because the iRiver device I was using one remembering to have it charged. Two, the mic actually inserted in the right jack hole because the iRiver has two. And if you put it in the wrong one, you record total silence. So I have had experience one whole laboratory where I recorded total silence with the feedback of the students. So therefore, it was additional work for me to go away and spend time remembering what I said to the student, what was it that came out of that discussion, and what formative um, feedback sandwich I could give that student. So there was a lot of work over the Christmas holidays. Can you, can you just tell me, because obviously in that situation, and we've referred to this in the paper, that even though that situation was a bit of a disaster, it did actually enable you to um, understand the value of doing the live lab recording as opposed to doing a recording uh, at some other point without the student. Um, it, that unfortunate episode did actually help you to realise what was so valuable about being in the laboratory, didn't it? I, I walk out the door and forget what I've said to the students. And it's that conversation that, that because I recorded what I, I could recall, what I thought were the key things that I felt... Um, what the students had done, the group of students had done very well, and then what they need to improve, and then again ending on a positive. Um, and they were shorter. I mean, they were much shorter segments feedback as a result that I was posting up to the students. Whereas 
the discussions with the students were five-minute segment longs, or in sometimes ten minutes longs. But it records their voice as well. It's mm. their thoughts process, because they are often thinking things through with you, and also learning about how to disseminate and justify their work. So it's a communication skills, professional skills. And they can actually hear that in the feedback and think, oh, I need to improve that. I need to think about that more when I'm, I'm telling her that. Oh, why didn't I tell her about that? I, re- I really think having the student's voice as a participant in the assignment feedback is one of the most significant parts of, of, of this because it, it comes back to what we were discussing a, a while ago about how thinking and construction is triggered so that when you review uh, the recording of a conversation for the student, what the words that were coming out of their mouth were supplemented by a thought process in their head. And listening back to the conversation enables them to re-engage, I think, with the, the thought process, the construction process that was going on. But also it captures um, the realness of it. When yeah. me recording in isolation in a sort of studio environment, it doesn't seem real. Whereas the recording of the conversation we have with the student, it brings them back to the forefront. This is my assessment. This is what I need to be doing. Okay, so let's move on to the students' perceptions of the audio feedback. Because, you know, so far we've said what you've done and why we think it was beneficial. But what did the students think about this? Um, They were overall positive and they liked the fact you could go back and revisit the information that was provided in the audio so they could then improve their submission, the final submission. As discussed in the paper, it was on a project that there's a four-week delay between formative um, submission and then the final submission. And they don't immediately go back and start working on the assignment. They may leave it for a while. And so there is a delay and there's a memory delay and recall on what they need to be doing. So it does give them the opportunity to go back and go, oh, yes, she was on about that. We need to be working on that. Okay, so um, how many of the students actually did engage with the audio feedback? I mean, was it everyone or, you know? Um, I think it's a proportion of, of the students. I think because it was group work, I think you may have got one, one or two people coming out of the group engaging in that feedback, particularly those who are wanting to push forward the assignments who are really engaged in the learning process. Because you were recording in the lab, essentially this didn't introduce any... Uh, extra work for you. You were basically recording what you have done before, um, but actually having the, re- the recording didn't incur any extra effort on your part. The only extra effort was actually the uploading of the audio files um, to our um, virtual learning environment for the students so they could access them, um, which does take time because you've got to upload each individual file. But in terms but that is no different if you were uploading a textual-based document as well for the students to receive that feedback. But because I'm recording it live, I'm not involved writing in the laboratory. I'm recording what's happening. There's no additional work for me going away and saying, writing up any feedback for the students. I'm just giving them exactly what they've received in the laboratory. And unlike uh, a public podcast or, or an audio recording intended for a wider audience, there was no sort of requirement to do any editing of uh, ums and ahs and, and uh, topping and tailing of recordings because you were targeting this at a, a single student 
in in each instance. Uh, there was no need to do any post-production. No, and, and in many respects, they don't want the post-production as well because they want that background noise. They Because of that secondary thought that might have popped into the head, the risk is if you edit, you could risk editing out their thought processes. Exactly. And have you got any indication of whether the students uh, listen to the audio files more than once? Um, it is possible on Blackboard to see where they access, if they access like, the file exchange, but there's no means at the moment of driving down if it's that individual file. Can I ask you if you intend to do this again? Well, I did. Okay. After doing it semester one, I was already doing it on a module that is taught in semester one and semester two, um, and so I carried on with those students. And then I utilised it in a semester two module of software engineering. This module is very much a software engineering, the whole framework of the course, both the lectures and the assessment process, follows the model of software engineering, the actual waterfall model. So you're cascading down, so each laboratory, they were getting formative feedback on their progress, working through the model themselves of implementing, actually doing the software engineering. And they got that live recording posted up on the environments in Blackboard. When are you intending to use it again? <coughs> and uh, what might you do different next time? One, make sure the equipment's always working as I expect it to be working. Two, and make use of the new facility in Blackboard where we can individually upload feedback if it wasn't a Blackboard assignment submission. Because at the moment, to get the workaround we use this year was ended up a lot more, it was additional work, is that for individual work, I had to create groups of individuals, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, briefly, the, the features in... Blackboard Black were a bit limited to what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. But the new features will allow that to be more easy, so I'll be liking to work in conjunction with that. And I'll be using it again on the same module in semester two. Okay, so let's uh, just look at the advantages of using audio from the academic perspective. I mean, we've covered several of those. Students believe if you've given them oral feedback in the laboratory, that's not feedback. So when they come to fill in their surveys, they go, I haven't received any feedback. But yes, you have. You've received it orally. So if they receive a file as well of the audio recording, they definitely know it's feedback, particularly if it's labelled feedback. Um, it's also capturing and assisting them in their thought processes about what they're doing. So they do feed forward. They do take on board your comments and apply it again. Because feedback is only as effective if it's used, if it's taken on board and absorbed and learned by the student and applied to the next task. And that inevitably makes me ask, have you seen any impacts on, um, from students who have uh, adopted the audio feedback, who have obviously listened to it? Can you see that it has enhanced their learning and affected the way that they've subsequently gone about assignments? The module concerned in the paper, yes, this year's project submissions, final summative submissions, were an improvement on previous years because they hadn't forgotten what they needed to improve effectively because they could go back and re-listen going, oh yes, I need to do that. And they hadn't altered what they got right. I did notice this year's 
um, submissions were an improvement on previous years. Excellent. Um, and given that you're intending to run this again next year and hopefully make some improvements, um, do you expect to see further improvements your, yourself? I think hopefully engaging more students to use the resource and that it is there and they don't need to download it onto an iPod that they can listen to it on their computer with speakers um, and encourage them when they're going back to the assignments to do the next stage to definitely refer back to listening to the audio. I asked you about the academic perspective and you've covered some of the benefits to the uh, from the student perspective but are there any other sort of benefits that you've noticed uh, or been told about? Not regarding the students but certainly to deal with the external examiner. Um, one of the problems we've had in the past because we give all our feedback in the laboratory and use an assessment rubric examiners complain there's not enough feedback for the students but I do give them feedback it's orally the advantage of me recording that feedback I put a CD in the quality um, assurance boxes of that module um, and they've got evidence of that feedback being given and uh, lo and behold, the students are much more real to the external examiner as well because they can actually hear the voices of the students, which is uh, interesting. Thinking, yeah, and they can hear the voices of the students and they can hear how the students are taking on board that feedback as well and their mm. reaction to that feedback. So it's even more of yeah, student voice in the equation. Finally, have you got any other recommendations for people that may be interested in adopting this technique? It's easy. If you're already giving oral feedback, just record it and just post it up in your virtual learning environment. It's worth doing because it enhances the student's learning experience. It enhances what it is you're wanting them to deep learn um, because they've got greater points of reference to take that information and apply it to the next stage. From my point of view, something I, I, I would like to, to add to this is that it actually makes the whole feedback process more meaningful, more engaging and more personal to actually have recorded evidence of a conversation between you and a tutor I think must be, be helpful. The other thing that I don't think we've emphasised enough in this conversation is that feedback is incredibly important. I think most people recognise that. But unfortunately, it be can become a real burden and turning feedback around quickly can be a problem for people. Doing what you're doing means that you are capturing immediately the conversations and redistributing those conversations. And it's more constructive because it's there and then. It's a conversation and discussion with the student about their work. Whereas sometimes the feedback put on assignments by staff in the written form is neither constructive or helpful. There's just stating the obvious and the fact instead of saying, but you need to be doing this because this will enhance this. And equally, feedback often written form is the spider's web out of inkwell um, across an assignment sheet. And one of yeah. the comments often feedback from students and themselves about feedback is, is I can't read your handwriting. I can't. I don't know what you mean. I don't understand your phraseology. Whereas they have less of those issues when they're having that conversation because they can stop you and say, "I don't understand." Yeah. 
so it's a, a two-way learning process as well on the feedback. So you can then reassess who he doesn't understand what I'm saying and what I need him to do and, and tackle it again in a different way. Is there anything else that you think we ought to cover that we haven't discussed? Um, we do need to get some audio voices of students who've used it and what they think to it. So I think that's yeah. my task when I get back in August, isn't it? Try and get some student voices. Following our discussion, Anne sent me a recording she made with one of her students to get a sense of how some of her students valued the approach she has been taking. When did you use the audio feedback? I, I used it usually usually about a week after the recording, um, when, I, when I sort of decided I was going to sit down and, and work on, on what we've been discussing about a week later. And what were your reasons for using the audio assessment feedback? You know, I wanted to know what I'd said and, and what had been discussed and, um, and, and my areas of improvement and generally to give me a better idea than I could remember in my own head. And was it more helpful than having sort of, um, sort of the scribbled feedback we give sometimes? Yes, yeah, miles, miles more helpful than that. The, the written feedback... Um, as a general rule, the, all the written feedback I've come across is, is, is uh, well done, great, or it's, it's never really informative enough for you to, you to, to guide yourself in the right area of what you should be reading more about or what you should be concentrating on or what you're doing not quite as well as you could be. So what would be your pearls of wisdom to the next student, year of students regarding using the audio assessment feedback? I would say definitely listen to it, even if you think you don't need to. Um, you know, it, it, it brings back parts of conversations and questions you asked and, and feedback that you got that you wouldn't stand a chance of remembering. And it allows you, you know, if it was something that you could have improved on, it, it would it would it definitely allow you to, to make that change to your work or, or to go away and research something that was, that was discussed um, that you maybe would have missed. So without a shadow of a doubt, it, it helped me improve my mark. And in terms of the style of um, the feedback I gave, I gave you two types. Of one was the recording of the conversation feedback with yourself, so recording both my voice and your voice discussing your work. And then on the final submission, I gave you assessment feedback, which was more of an oral statement for myself. Definitely, the uh, definitely the, the discussion between us earlier on in the assessment was was definitely of more use than the the final one. Um, I found it good because you recorded my questions and things I asked that obviously I didn't know or picked up in my own work or or areas where I needed to make an improvement and and uh, it was really helpful to have you know, my thoughts as well as yours recorded so I knew that when I was looking back through over over the work that I'd done I knew where, where I needed to improve and, and they were sticking out like a sore thumb. You know, any questions I wanted to ask, you know, a week later you've, you've forgotten what you've asked. Your comments intermingled in with my questions that I, I knew I needed to ask or thought of at the time. Having them all in an audio format so I could have a listen to them really helped.
Definitely. Thanks to Anne Norcliffe and her student for agreeing to take part in this episode. Details of our joint paper on this experience are provided in the show notes. If you'd like to get in touch with me and the uh, podcast, if you've got any ideas or questions, then go to the show notes website, which is at http colon forward slash forward slash ltapodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening.